Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. This is the Anesthesia Learn on the Go podcast series from the University of Kentucky Department of Anesthesiology. In these episodes, we will provide a high-yield clinical review of some of the common topics encountered by anesthesiologists at all levels. The following episode will be recorded by a member of our department at UK. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at UK Anesthesia and subscribe to the University of Kentucky Department of Anesthesiology YouTube channel for our videocast. Now fire up your headphones, relax, and let's talk anesthesia. Hi, I'm Justin, a senior resident in the Department of Anesthesiology at the University of Kentucky. In this podcast, I plan to cover the basics of volatile anesthetics. A few disclaimers. First, some numbers I present are approximations, but are approximations that I believe will always yield the correct answer on exams. Secondly, I'll present a small five by four table with five columns and four rows. A recommendation to listeners is to pull out a sheet of paper and construct the table yourself in writing as it's presented. The first row of the table contains the letters H, I, S, D, followed by nitrous oxide. Between the letters H, I, S, and D, place greater than symbols. H is shorthand for halothane, I is shorthand for isofluorane, S is shorthand for sevofluorane, and D is shorthand for desfluorane. This first row indicates the relative potency or strength of the volatile anesthetics. Strength and potency are synonyms in this context. Importantly, potency or strength is proportional to 1 over MAC, which is also proportional to the oil-gas solubility coefficient, which you may see referred to as olive oil solubility or lipid solubility. By stating that the potency or strength of a volatile anesthetic is proportional to 1 over MAC, we're establishing that an inverse relationship exists between these two variables. MAC, that is M-A-C, is shorthand for minimum alveolar concentration. At 1.0 MAC, 50% of patients will be unresponsive to surgical stimulus. Two key points. First, realize that we often administer an IV neuromuscular blocking agent to ensure lack of patient movement during surgery. But volatile anesthetics can also attenuate neuromuscular transmission, and MAC formalizes this concept. Secondly, although the definition of MAC specifically relates to responsiveness to surgical stimulus, volatile agents are more often used for loss of consciousness and amnesia, and therefore various MAC levels have been tied to different degrees of patient awareness. MAC awake is approximately 0.3, although Because this is patient and time dependent, MAC awake may range from 0.15 to 0.50. 0.7 MAC is generally deemed to be the threshold for assured amnesia, while at 1.3 MAC, 95% of patients are immobilized to surgical stimulus. Let's return to constructing the table. The second row indicates the MAC concentration as set on the vaporizer that is unique to each volatile anesthetic. For halothane, MAC is 0.8%, 
That for isofluorane is 1.2%. That for sevofluorane is 2.0%. That for desfluorane is 6.0%. And that for nitrous oxide is greater than 105%. This last point indicates that it is impossible to achieve MAC level anesthesia with nitrous oxide alone. I've found these MAC abbreviations easy to remember due to their inherent symmetry. Note that 1.2 minus 0.8 is 0.4, and 6.0 minus 2.0 is 4.0. Stop for a minute and conceptually consider the first and second rows of the table. As an example, since I is greater than S from row 1, we know that isofluorane is stronger, i.e. more potent, than sevofluorane. And since we've established that potency is proportional to 1 over MAC, isofluorine must have a lower MAC percent than sevofluorine. Row 2 indicates this to be true. The MAC of isofluorine is 1.2%, whereas that for sevofluorine is 2.0%. Row 2 provides specifics to illustrate the general concept that potency, or strength, is proportional to 1 over MAC a fact established in the first row of the table. Row 3 of the 5x4 table indicates the relative speed of onset of each of the volatile anesthetics. Conveniently, speed of onset exactly mirrors, i.e. is the inverse of, potency. Therefore, place the numbers 4, 3, 2, and 1 in row 3 to indicate that, for example, desfluorane has a fastest onset speed greater than, say, isofluorine. Nitrous oxide doesn't follow a clear pattern, so leave the last column in the third row blank for the time being. I'll return to it in a moment. Similar to the way in which potency is proportional to 1 over MAC, the speed of onset of each volatile anesthetic, as indicated in row 3, is proportional to 1 over the blood gas partition coefficient. Stated another way, a volatile anesthetic with a higher blood gas partition coefficient will have a slower speed of onset, and vice versa. Additionally, speed of onset is directly proportional to Fa over Fi, and to each volatile anesthetic's relative potentiation of non-depolarizing neuromuscular blocking medications. I'll pause here and explain each of these concepts before attempting to tie them together. Consider what happens when a patient breathes volatile anesthetic. Two possibilities exist. One is that the volatile anesthetic remains concentrated in the alveolus. The second is that it is carried away in the bloodstream. It's perhaps most intuitive to think that it would be preferential for the volatile anesthetic to be carried away in the blood, as this may be the conduit to its arrival in the CNS. However, intuition fails to match reality here. Volatile anesthetics function more quickly when concentrated in the alveolus. The blood gas partition coefficient formalizes this concept. Volatile anesthetics with higher blood gas partition coefficients more readily diffuse into the blood than do volatile anesthetics with low blood gas partition coefficients, therefore have a slower on-off speed. Relatedly, Fa over Fi is shorthand for the fractional volatile anesthetic in the alveolus relative to the fractional volatile anesthetic that is inhaled. 
It follows then that volatile anesthetics with a higher fractional concentration in the alveolus at equilibrium will have a faster speed of onset and a lower blood gas partition coefficient. This assumes that the only place a volatile anesthetic can go besides the alveolus, once inhaled, is into the blood. There is no logical basis for why speed of onset is proportional to the degree of potentiation of non-depolarizing neuromuscular blockade. This simply reflects a relationship which neatly follows and will score you points on in-training exams. As an illustration, if you can remember that desflurane has faster speed of onset than isoflurane, you also know that desflurane more effectively potentiates non-depolarizing neuromuscular blocking drugs than does isoflurane. As mentioned earlier, I should reiterate that volatile anesthetics primarily induce loss of consciousness, whereas we utilize neuromuscular blocking drugs to prevent patient movement. While all volatile anesthetics potentiate or add to the function of non-depolarizing neuromuscular blocking drugs, some do so more than others. Now let's address nitrous oxide, cell E3 as it were, in the table you may be constructing. Nitrous oxide is the true number one when it comes to speed of onset, but this is not because it has the lowest blood gas partition coefficient. Instead, it's due to what has been deemed the concentration effect. That is, such a high concentration of nitrous oxide is required to achieve any form of anesthesia, remember the max is greater than 100%, that nitrous oxide in clinical practice will actually have a faster speed of onset than desflurane, even though it has a marginally higher blood gas partition coefficient. Additionally, nitrous oxide negligibly potentiates non-depolarizing neuromuscular blocking drugs. Row four of the table formalizes the blood gas partition coefficient of each volatile anesthetic, which can be approximated as 2.4, 1.4, 0 0.65, and 0.47 for halothane, isoflurane, sevoflurane, desflurane, and nitrous oxide, respectively. Similar to the way in which potency could be conceptually tied to 1 over MAC, speed of onset and offset can be conceptually tied to 1 over the blood gas partition coefficient. From row 3, we know that sevoflurane has a faster speed of onset than isoflurane, and since we know that speed of onset is proportional to 1 over the blood gas partition coefficient, this predicts that sevoflurane has a smaller blood gas partition coefficient than isoflurane. Row 4 confirms this to be true, as 0.65 is less than 1.4. Conceptually, less sevoflurane enters the bloodstream from the alveolus at a given concentration than does isoflurane. Therefore, sevoflurane has a faster onset speed than isoflurane. Knowledge of the blood gas partition coefficient of each volatile anesthetic can be clinically useful. For example, when switching between volatile anesthetics during a case, remember that some volatile anesthetics take longer to establish function than others. As an example, when switching from desflurane to isoflurane intraoperatively, it may take longer for isoflurane to reach adequate depth than it takes desflurane to wear off. 
while this might not matter in every operative case, in the right setting, could be clinically relevant. For example, during a short case with a malfunctioning desfluorane vaporizer necessitating a switch to isofluorane intraoperatively, all while anesthetizing an alcoholic who did not share this fact with you preoperatively and who therefore has higher baseline MAC requirements as related to loss of consciousness and amnesia. Finally, with our 5x4 table complete, I thought I would share a handful of other high-yield facts about each of the volatile anesthetics that I have found on occasion to have clinical or exam-related relevance. Halothane can classically cause liver injury, termed halothane hepatitis, and halothane is therefore not widely used in the developed world. Isofluorane is the least expensive of the inhaled agents. While all volatile anesthetics can induce tachycardia, and some more so than others, isofluorine does so at the lowest concentration, 0.25 mac. Sevofluorine has the highest degree of hepatic metabolism at 2 to 5%, specifically by cytochrome CYP2E1. Sevofluorine is the least pungent of the volatile anesthetics and is therefore used for mass conductions, whether in children or adults. Desfluorine causes the most clinically significant tachycardia, but does so at a higher percent concentration than does isofluorine. As an airway irritant, desfluorine is best avoided in smokers. Remember that because desfluorine uses a heated vaporizer, the dial must be increased proportionally to the decrease in atmospheric pressure at altitude to deliver the same depth of anesthesia. Whereas halothane, isofluorine, sevofluorine, and desfluorine can all trigger malignant hyperthermia, nitrous oxide cannot. I hope this podcast successfully presented the basics of volatile anesthetics in a unique and memorable way. Thank you for your attention. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have ideas for future podcasts, please reach out to us via email at learnonthego at uky.edu. Don't forget to follow us on our social media accounts as well on Instagram and Twitter, UK Anesthesia. From all of us at UK Department of Anesthesiology, have a great day.